0: Welcome to Word of Life Podcast, where the word is life and it's giving you life. Well, here we are. Uh, I'm sharing the final installment of a series where we've talked about conversations in isolation. And we've really looked at Jonah um, and the time he spent in the belly of a whale for three days. And isn't it interesting that when we're in conversation with God, sometimes he needs to put us in a place of isolation. He needs to take us to the secret place where we can really dialogue with him and converse with him and really get to his heart. Because let's face it, our world is busy, there's a lot of noise, there's a lot of distractions, but sometimes God will allow certain circumstances where we have to be isolated, where we really can hear from him. You know, recently I took a trip uh, down to Santa Cruz and uh, I was walking with my son into this marine um, research facility and we saw the bone of a blue whale. And as I began to stare at me, it was long, it was massive. It was a blue whale that had been found on the beach like in the 1970s. And as I began to look at it, I was focused so much on the belly of that whale. And I saw something that I never realized before. There was so much space. <laughs> and I asked my eight-year-old, I said, wow, look at the belly of that whale. Can you imagine being in there? for three days, doesn't it seem like we don't really realize how much space we have with God until we get into a tight space with God? (laughs) As I stared at that belly, I began to realize that God will provide a place where you may feel uncomfortable, but it's comfortable for him. It's the place where he can really get to you, speak to your heart, and where he takes you from despair to desperation to deliverance. It's a perfect space where he can really speak to you. And I want to read Jonah 2, 7 through 10, and I want you to hear Jonah's words. Jonah says, when my soul fainted within me, I remembered the Lord and my prayer went up to you into your holy temple. Those who regard worthless idols forsake their own mercy, but I will sacrifice to you with the voice of thanksgiving. I will pay what I have vowed. Salvation is of the Lord. So the Lord spoke to the fish and it vomited Jonah onto the sea salvation is of the Lord. I want to just talk about this really quick because listen to the heart change in Jonah. He started off angry. He was pointing fingers at God like, you got me into this mess. You put me here. And suddenly he got to a place where his heart changed. And he says, my soul fainted within me. Listen, he had a moment of total surrender. He had been in there a while, and he got to a place where he just surrendered to God. And it says he remembered the Lord. And I believe that when these conversations we have with God in isolation, we've got to remember the Lord. We've got to remember what he's done before. We've got to remember his promises. We need to remember that if God said it, he will do it. According to his will, we've got to remember. We've got to remember that we're not in this forever. This is just a season. And we've got to remember what he said in his word. Sometimes we forget. I mean, let's be honest. We get so caught up in the fact that we're stuck in the belly of a whale, or that we're stuck in isolation, or that we're sheltered in place, or that there's chaos in the world. We get so focused and we forget the promises of God. And here's Jonah saying, I remembered the Lord. I surrendered my will. I surrendered my, you know, issues. I surrendered it all. And I remembered the Lord. And I believe that that's exactly what the Lord is saying in this conversation. He's saying, remember me, remember me. And then there's a place of repentance that Jonah gets to. He says, those who regard worthless idols forsake their own mercy. Those who regard worthless idols forsake their own mercy, but I will sacrifice to you with the voice of thanksgiving. I will pay what I have vowed. Now, this is pretty powerful because God had given Jonah an assignment and Jonah basically was in rebellion. And rebellion, according to the word of God, is as witchcraft, which is a sin. So therefore, Jonah's no to God was a sin. He was in rebellion. And in this moment, he's remembering the Lord. And there's a um, a, a moment of conviction that comes. And in his time of prayer he begins to repent. He begins to say, you know, the idols, the things that I've put before you, you know, the things that I've made a priority. When you told me to go, you told me to do, but I made my own agenda, my priority. God, forgive me. Listen, everything that I vowed that I would do, I'm going to do it. And, And forgive me, Lord. There was such a heart of repentance in this moment. And many times in the conversations we have with God in isolation, it brings us to a place where the Holy Spirit begins to convict our hearts and we do inventory. We begin to say, God, you know, what have I done? to get into this place. That's exactly what Jonah did. He stopped pointing the fingers at God and he began to look inside himself. He began to search his own heart. He began to see, you know, these are the things that I've done. I've put my own agenda as an idol. I've put my own path and my own plans and my own dreams and my own visions before you, God. And so he began to say, listen, I'm going to vow to do what I said I would do. He says, I will pay what I have vowed. I will pay. So what was happening was there was a a reconciliation happening. There was a restoration happening. This is so powerful. This conversation that Jonah's having with God and God wants to have the same conversation with you and me. He wants us to get to a place where we recognize his authority, and we recognize his power to where it brings us to a place where we say, God, search my heart. And And those things he begins to highlight, instead of us making excuses, we actually repent. And we say, God, forgive me. Forgive me. Wow. Now, I want to hone in on The salvation is of the Lord. John 14, five through six says, Thomas said to him, Lord, we do not know where you are going and how can we know the way? Jesus said to him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. No one comes to the Father except through me. And then in Psalm 3 seven through eight in the Passion Translation. It says, I simply cry out to you, rise up and help me, Lord. Come and save me and you will slap them in the face, breaking the power of their words to harm me. My true hero comes to my rescue for the Lord alone is my savior. What a feast of favor and bliss he gives his people pause in his presence. Listen, salvation is of the Lord. And this is the conversation God wants to have with us because whenever we feel trapped, whenever we feel isolated, whenever we feel like we're in a situation, doesn't it always feel like we try to fix it ourselves? You know, like, let me be the savior. Let me try to fix this. Let me be the hero. Let me create a plan. Let me create an action plan, the three steps to get out of this and, you know, a 12 step, No, God is saying right now in the place of isolation, in the place where I have you right now, where I can really, really speak to you, I need you to realize I am your salvation. Listen, Jesus told them, he says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. You can't get to the Father except through me. And we've been trying to get around to God, under, over, maybe some No, he says, you've got to come through me. There's only one way, and he is the way. And listen, until we realize that he is our salvation, we're going to stay in the belly of our whales. We're going to stay in the belly of depression. We're going to stay in the belly of anger. We're going to stay in the belly of fear. We're going to stay in the belly of disappointment. We're going to stay in the belly of sin. And it's until we say, God, you are my salvation. I cannot get out of this mess without you. I need you. I remember always saying, before I became a believer, you know, I have a good heart. (laughs) I'm not a bad person. But the Bible says, the heart is desperately wicked. None can know it. We've got to stop saying, I'm not a bad person or I don't do this or I've never done that. It doesn't matter. But until your heart is changed, see what happens is God comes and he saves your heart because our heart is desperately wicked. None should know it. And God wants to do a heart change on us. He, in fact, wants to do a heart change on the entire world. That's why we're in the situation we're in right now. He wants to do a heart change. And once your heart is changed, your mind is changed. Your will is changed. Your emotions are changed. You change, but it all becomes from the place of knowing that Jesus, he is our salvation. And so here is Jonah realizing that God is his salvation, only God. See, he tried to escape and he tried to do it his own way. But look what happened. He got into a deeper situation. Yet God came to his rescue and he didn't do it to punish him. He do it did it to teach him. And you've got to realize that when God comes to your rescue, it's not just to put you back on the shore and you just keep going back and doing what you did before. It's so that you turn from, come on, that's repentance. You turn from your old life. You turn from your wicked ways and you actually make a U-turn, okay, and go into the direction of God. See, we've been trying to get through our situations of isolation without God. And God's saying, I need you to remember me. I need you to remember that I am your salvation. See, this is the conversation that God wants to have with you and me in isolation. He wants to have this conversation. He wants to begin to talk to us as we shelter in place and remind us, hey, I'm your salvation. I'm the one who will rescue you. Listen, there's no program. There's no government check. There is nothing else that can deliver you and save you like God can. Amen. Amen. All right. Now, salvation is deliverance. I want to talk about that. Salvation is deliverance. Notice here that it says, so the Lord spoke to Jonah. I'm going back to Jonah 2. And in seven through 10, it says, so the Lord spoke to the fish and it vomited Jonah onto dry land. (laughs) Wow. That's powerful because you see, here's what God is going to do. He's going to speak to the circumstance, the very thing that got you into the isolation, the very thing that got you into this place. And he's going to deliver you he's going to deliver you when you get to that place of surrender and you remember him and you recognize that your salvation comes from the Lord he will deliver you it says the Lord spoke to the fish now this is powerful because we don't we only see God speaking to things in order to birth things come on the the When we see God speaking, it starts in Genesis 1, 1. He spoke to the world. He's, it was dark. It was without form. And he spoke to the darkness. He spoke to the chaos. He spoke to what was void. And he said, let there be. And what God will do is he will speak to the dark places in our lives and he will begin to speak into what he wants to see, which is light. He will say, let there be light. And that's where the birthing comes. So salvation is deliverance. Deliverance is birthing, right? Isn't it interesting that the place where women go and have babies are the delivery room, (laughs) right? Where a woman goes to have her child, it's in the delivery room because that's the place of birthing. Deliverance is a birthing. And so what God is saying right now in this conversation, he's saying, I want to do a new birth in you. I want to do a new birth. Notice the Lord commanded the fish to let Jonah go. And I decree and declare that the Lord is speaking to the very thing that has been keeping you bound, that's been keeping you uh, in isolation, the very thing that's been keeping you oppressed, depressed, suppressed. He's speaking to that very thing and he's commanding it to let you go to let you go. I think about Moses. Moses declared, God told Moses to declare, let my people go. Notice it was something that was said. It was spoken. Let my people go. Deliverance comes from the declaration. Deliverance comes from the decree. What is God decreeing and declaring over your life right now to deliver you so that you can have a new birth? You see, God, when he released Jonah out of the well, it says, if you keep reading, Jonah went immediately and did what God called him to do. So there was a new birth. He had a new attitude. He had a new perspective. He had a new zeal. He had a new anointing. Come on. He had a a fresh uh, praise, a thanksgiving. Something happened to when he came out of that well, he was not the way he was when he came in. And isn't it something that we can take a situation of isolation and we can either come out better or bitter? And God is saying, I want you to come out better. I want you to come out new because there's a new birth that I'm doing. Okay. I want to read John eleven forty four. 44. It says, and he who had died came out bound hand and foot with grave clothes and his face was wrapped with a cloth. Jesus said to them, loose him and let him go. This is where Jesus called forth Lazarus. This is the words that Jesus declared. He spoke to the very thing that was binding Lazarus. And he spoke to, and he said, loose him and let him go. This is what God is doing for you. He, your God of salvation, is actually speaking to the very thing that's keeping you isolated. If that don't make you shout, I don't know what does. If that don't make you run around your room, come on. like We need to take a praise break right now for that. That God is speaking to the circumstances that have us bound and he's saying, loose him, loose her and let him go. That not, not only will God save you, but he will deliver you. He will set you free. Listen, salvation isn't enough. That's not all God has for you. It, he doesn't just have your moment of raising your hand or saying a prayer. But not only does he want to save you, he wants to deliver you. And not only does he want to deliver you, he wants to set you free so that you walk in a new birth, in a new attitude, in a new life. And that of abundance. John 10.10. 10. Read it for yourself. Listen, this is powerful. That God doesn't just want to save you. He doesn't just want to deliver you. But he wants to use you for his glory. Yeshua, Jesus, Yahweh, the God of our salvation. And so as we wrap up these conversations in isolation, I pray that the Holy Spirit has been speaking to you. And that you've remembered the Lord. Let's be honest. Maybe you forgot. You forgot how to pray. You forgot how to praise. You forgot how to worship. You forgot how his presence can change a situation. But he says, remember me. When we do communion, when we take communion, when Jesus begins to speak about communion with his disciples, he says, take and eat and do this in remembrance of me. Why? Why does he say that? Because he knows that there will be circumstances that will so push us into the deep, deep, dark places that we'll forget him. Yet he says that every time you drink this cup and every time you eat this bread, you remember me. You remember that I'm your salvation. That through my body, through my blood, I am your salvation. Remember that not only did I do this to save you, I did this to deliver you. That when I died and rose again in three days, it was so that you can walk in freedom. Isn't it interesting that Jonah was in this belly of the well for three days? What was God trying to say then that he's saying now? He was saying then what he's saying now. For God so loved the world (laughs) that he gave his only son. That whosoever believeth in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. A lot can happen in three days. Your salvation is of the Lord. Your salvation is of the Lord. I want to end by reading a scripture to you and then I want to pray for you. It's a scripture that I love to read and I love it because it's titled God's Perfect Knowledge of Man and it's Psalm 139. It says, O Lord, you have searched me and known me, you have known my sitting down and my rising up. You understand my thought afar off. You comprehend my path and my lying down and are acquainted with all my ways. For there is not a word on my tongue, but behold, O Lord, you know it all together. You have hedged me behind and before you laid your hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me. It is high. I cannot attain it. Where can I go from your spirit? Were written the days fashioned for me, when as yet there were none of them. How precious also are your thoughts to me, O God! How great is the sum of them! If I should count them, they would be more in number than the sand. When I awake, I am still with you. Oh, that you would slay the wicked! O God, depart from me, therefore, you bloodthirsty men, for they speak against you wickedly. Your enemies take your name in vain. Do not hate them, O Lord, who hate you, and do not loathe those who rise up against you. I hate them with perfect hatred. I count them my enemies. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me. And know my anxieties and see if there is any wicked way of me and lead me in the way of everlasting. Listen, God is saying to us today, I know you and you cannot escape my presence. No matter where you go, no matter what you do, I will always bring you back to a moment where it's just you and me face to face but we can have a conversation. And in that conversation, you remember that I am your salvation. I am your salvation, the Lord God Almighty. Let me pray for you. Father, In the name of Jesus, I pray for all of my brothers and sisters that are listening to this message. God, I pray that this series, oh God, has really just stirred up their hearts, oh God, to not stay in despair or desperation, but know that you are their deliverer. You, God, are their deliverer, oh God. And I thank you that you're speaking to those places where they're bound, where they're isolated, where they're oppressed, depressed, or suppressed, God. You're speaking to them and you're saying, loose him, loose her, and let him go in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord, that in this conversation, God, you bring us to a place of repentance so that we, oh God, will begin to um, repent of the things and turn away from so that we can go into this new birthing, into this new place of of freedom, into um, a new life with you, God. I pray that although we went into this place one way, we're not going to come out the way we came in. We're going to come out stronger. We're going to come out better. And most of all, we're going to come out praising you and ready to do your will. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord, that you've done an incredible work in this time in our hearts. And God, continue the conversations. God, continue the conversations, oh God, that, that we'll be so hungry and thirsty after righteousness, God, that we will not just be uh, satisfied with one conversation, but we'll want many that will just be intentional to sit at your feet, oh God, and have these conversations with you. Oh God, you're so good and you're so mighty and we thank you. Thank you, God. We thank you for these times that we can be with you and hear from you. Lord, help us in our places of isolation. That we will remember that God is our salvation. Yeshua, the God who saves. Thank you, Lord, for salvation. Amen. I want to give an invitation to anyone who's never received salvation. Earlier, I talked about, you know, it's more than just raising your hand. It's more than just praying the prayer. But God not only wants to save you, but he wants to deliver you. But you got to start at the salvation. And it's an invitation. He's saying, I want you to take this. Because in this place, in this conversation, part of it is knowing that I am the way, the truth, and the life. And that maybe you've spent a lot of your life trying to get to me some other way. And maybe uh, searching for me. But I want you to find me here. Because here is where I'm at. Salvation is of the Lord. And so I want you to receive me in your heart. And so the Bible says that you must confess with your mouth. Um, and believe in your heart that Jesus is Lord and you'll be saved. And so I want to lead, lead you into that prayer. And it's a prayer that you can repeat after me by simply saying, Lord Jesus, I accept you as my Lord and Savior. I believe that you died on the cross for me. And I also believe that you rose again. I confess my sins to you. Wash me clean. Deliver me, Lord. Lord. Speak to the very things that are binding me right now and and command them to let me go. And Father, I now am your daughter. I'm now your son. I belong to you. I believe Jesus. Amen and amen. If you prayed that prayer, amen. God bless you. Get ready for that new bird.